The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the Voices of Search podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Shapiro. And today we're going to talk about content optimization technologies. Joining us is an old friend, Volker Smid, who is the CEO of Acrolinks, which is an AI platform that uses a unique linguistics analytics engine to read all your content and provide immediate guidance to improve it. The Acrolinks technology is transforming how the world's biggest brands create high-performing content Yesterday, Volker and I talked about when is the time to prioritize content optimization. And today we're going to talk about why AI is the right solution for enterprise brands to optimize their content. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com AWT. That's A-H-R-E-F-S. Dot com slash A-W-T. Okay, on with the show. Here is the second part of my conversation with Volker Smid, CEO of Acrolinks. Volker, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thank you, Ben. <laughs> Good to be back. Well, yeah, well, hey, you know, always a pleasure. It took us long enough. You actually had to sponsor the podcast, leave, and now we're having you on. So, hey, we work in a backwards fashion here on this podcast. What can I tell you? <laughs> Yesterday, we talked about uh, the right time to prioritize your content. And you know, for the enterprise brands, it seems that content optimization fundamentally is more important than content production, where most of the time you have this gigantic archive of content and making sure that that is performant and getting the visitors that you're reaching or the time on site up is probably more important than net new content generation. Obviously, it's different for every brand, but for the large enterprise brands with huge content bases. Uh, talk to me about why artificial intelligence is the right solution 
to be able to focus and implement content optimization strategies? Yeah, I think this is a great question. But long before I talk about artificial intelligence, let's start with human intelligence. (laughs) Sometimes overlooked. I'm a podcast host. I don't understand what that is. (laughs) (laughs) So let me try. I think we've all seen in the last two decades a rapid evolvement of the existing of content. I think today, every day, we enjoy 3.7 billion Google searches every day. That's a lot of searches. They all search for content. True. A large enterprise Fortune 500 company probably hosts about 1 to 1.5 million pages on their website. And if you ask the enterprise, okay, how many content repositories do you have? The normal response is we have a content management system that is WordPress, Typo, Adobe, what have you. Mm -hmm. The reality is that probably in every enterprise you will find minimum 30 to 50, maybe sometimes 100 content repositories. And that's the one that you know that exists. So before you go on, talk to me about what you mean by a content repository. Is this just content that lives in a different section of the site or something that is being managed by a different tool? It sits there for a different purpose. I think a good example is that for technical documentation, which is part of the user experience, A good example of a content repository is, don't be surprised, GitHub. So if you have a software company producing software and creating documentation for that software, that documentation sits in GitHub. Mm -hmm. By the way, a very good content repository. And so you have GitHub then connected to a content management system. You have SharePoint. You have Google Drive that hosts a large amount of content. They all have ties into the content management system, for sure. Mm -hmm. But they all exist more on a departmental level. They are managed on a departmental level. And they are then finally connected via the content management system. But the work needs to be done on the basis of an existing content repository. Uh, Okay, so by content repository, you don't mean the end content that is being published on the site. You mean all of the different tools that are being used to create and manage content before they get to the content management system. Yes. The the publishing is only the final element. So number one, you need to create a workflow in your company that says we need to comprehensively understand where we host content. Then if you subscribe to a platform that helps you to optimize and to govern content, then AI comes into play. But if you only apply AI to what exists on the publishing side, you will probably miss a million mark. It seems like the solution for integrating AI into the content production, not necessarily the published content archive, is really about making sure that your content is optimized before it's published. Am I making a bad assumption? Or Yeah, and it's a complex workflow. As I said, Yesterday, sometimes you have an agency creating content, then it's being shipped. Normally, there's an Excel file and a ton of stuff inside the Excel file. Then it's being scrubbed. Sometimes you have a workflow that even includes legal before something can even be published. And in all these steps, content optimization is one factor to make that step more efficient and the output more performing. So it's not enough to just apply what you have to your existing site. 
you need to catch the piece of content in every step of your workflow. And then I think AI plays a vital role because we are talking enterprise and we are talking massive scale. If you want to establish a quality score for 1.5 million pages that exist in, let's say, 100 different repositories, actually, without the application of AI, that's virtually impossible. So the standard enterprise has 30 different systems that are producing content, hopefully all being fed into one content management system. Everyone's systems and platforms and processes are going to be a little different. But Mm -hmm. on average, we're looking at a, a fair amount of different sources to produce content. Talk to me about how Acrolinks and, you know, other AI systems that evaluate content work. How are they able to understand what is going to be seen as effective and valuable content to the end consumers? Yeah, I think the most obvious application of AI has probably little to do with Acrolinks. It has a lot to do with, let's say, Microsoft and Google. And this is on-the-fly grammar correction. Let's not forget that massive amount of content is being produced from non-native speaking people. Mm -hmm. So you always have a grammar issue. So auto-correction when you write has almost become a commodity when you think about Microsoft and Google applying these services in their platforms. But then there's another factor, which I would call the comprehension of content. This is not about a single word or two words in a row. This is about taking the entire content and find out whether the content is actually scannable. So what do you mean by scannable? Scannable means that you and I, human beings, we Google, we find a piece of content and normally we would like to get to the bottom of this thing in less than five to 10 seconds. We don't read 15 pages. So can somebody, a consumer of the content, scan in less than 10, 15 seconds the major output of this content, yes or no? So is this scannable? Is it readable? Or do you have highly complicated nested sentences in your content that makes it very hard to comprehend? Third aspect, is the content emotional or does it have to be emotional? Have you set a target that this content needs to be emotional? Is it emotional, yes or no? Tone. Tone of voice. Right. This has less to do with AI, but... Are you avoiding terms that are blacklisted, right? If you think about an enterprise with 1.5 million pages, are you actually sure that all of your pages avoid all the blacklisted terms that you have created as an enterprise? Have you established a terminology for your enterprise, a terminology that always uses the correct product name in all content that you create or produce? So, and again, without the application of AI models that have been trained over years, all of that is virtually impossible. But it all starts with, number one, you need to do this comprehensively as an enterprise, not in isolation in a department. Number two, you need to think about the value of your content. If you have 1.5 million pages and the production cost of each page is about, let's say, $1,000 to make the math easy, your investment in that estate was what? $1.5 billion. $1.5 billion that you have invested over time to create that content. Now, does it perform? Does it speak the right language? Does it hit the right tone? Is it scannable? Is it readable? Is it emotional? All of these factors makes that investment more valuable. 
Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Is there a way that AI, uh, Acrolinks or other tools can evaluate the effectiveness of a piece of content, whether it provides the desired outcome or answer to the consumer? You know, and and I'll, I'll preface this with, in a lot of help content, uh, you'll see a you know, I got to this page, was this page helpful or not? And there's a smiley face and a sad face and the, hopefully the consumer clicks one. Most of the time, it's the negative one. Mm-hmm. Is there any sense of evaluating the content effectiveness? Yes. Depends on the purpose of the content. Help content, technical content, is normally connected to NPS. NPS is connected to retention or in other words, churn. Bad content has a number of output factors that we know very well. Number one, if you have bad technical content, the number of calls that you will get on your hotline, on your physical hotline increases. And each call costs you between $13 and $68. So optimized content helps you to reduce the call rate into your call center. It's a direct relationship between an economic output of that effort. Number two, if you do NPS, relational NPS, bad content normally leads to bad scores, normally leads to high churn or low retention. So the connection over time that we have accumulated and the knowledge that we have gathered is there's a severe connection between the quality of technical content, call deflection, and NPS related to churn. On marketing, a lot of the content, it has to perform, right? You have a piece of content, the consumer finds the content, that's not enough. You want this content to convert to the next level, whether this is a capturing of lead data or whether this is a direct transaction, doesn't matter. But content that does not act is again a waste. So it really depends on what you try to achieve, right? And sometimes, as I said, Content needs to be looked at in a way that avoids risk on enterprise. If you're a bank, an insurance company, or a life science company, your view on content needs to be something that is in a mix between performance, NPS, 
cause, but also the avoidance of risk. It seems like most brands think of content as something that once it's produced is finished. There's the notion of ongoing content optimization. How much does technology play a role in understanding what content needs to be optimized? Or are you just purely looking at you know, the KPI that you laid out? If NPS is low, then we need to go back and look at our help desk content to make sure it's effective. If marketing conversions are low, we need to go back and look at our lead generation content. Are, are brands using technology to figure out what content to optimize? Or are they just waiting for the trailing signals? Yeah, depends on the enterprise, to be honest. Let me respond in a different way. The first thing that we do at Aqualinks when we come in is we establish the quality scores. So let's say you have half a million pages and you establish a threshold of, let's say, 80 from a quality score perspective. And you find out that you have 5% of your content at a score below 10. And you have 15% of your content at a score between 75 and 80. My recommendation would always be go to the bottom where you have the lowest scores, change the content, optimize it, and try to get it as fast as possible to a score of 50 to 80. That's funny. I thought it was going to be the opposite. I would thought it'd be no. go to the bottom, press control A and delete, <laughs> and then focus on the content that is almost to the threshold you want it to, and you're going to find faster results there. You're saying go to the broken content first. Yeah. yeah, I think you will find a lot more broken content than in the bucket of 75 to 80% already. Interesting. And so it becomes a task over, let's say, several months, quarters, and years to get the bottom up to something that is appreciated and performs a lot better and avoids risk. Okay. So last question for you, Volker. Having gone from working on an SEO-focused company at Searchmetrics, now focusing on content optimization, you've really seen both sides of you know the technology platforms that helps not only optimize content as after it's produced, but also while it's being produced. When you think about the combination of content production and SEO and how those technologies are becoming more advanced, what are you most excited about you know, in terms of the collaboration between SEO and content production teams? So I honestly believe the combination of two platforms is the simple formula one plus one equals three. If you can get all the data power into the hands of a content editor when he or she creates content, the leverage is enormous. If you wait for the content to be produced and published and then find out it's not performing, the cycle time that you need, the extra money that you have to spend, the fact that you're not getting to the revenue as fast as possible is so big that my intent would always be get the data into the hands of the editors as fast as possible. So this game can only be won if we see tight integration between platforms to increase the leverage. Because nobody will log into 15 different platforms that help him or her to optimize content. It needs to be integrated into the platform that the editor uses when he or she creates content. And that integration is probably the biggest liability or the biggest opportunity of the market of, let's say, the search metrics, the percolates, the caposts, the acrolinks. All of them need to work together to create a platform that creates more value. Because the scariest thing that I keep looking at is 
what's what's the name heading out then you know the scott brinker martech 5000 list yeah which is now 7500 it's 7500 companies wide yeah yeah. okay so now you put yourself into the shoes of a cmo he or she looks at the list of 7500 companies and think where do i begin just throw darts (laughs) yeah Yeah. well volker i appreciate you coming on and talking to us about the importance of content optimization a little bit about how technology plays into that. And I totally agree with your last sentiment, which is content optimization starts in the content production process, not after the content publishing process. And you know, if you're doing your homework and you know, from the SEO perspective, you're realizing what are going to be the most effective topics to write about, and you're bringing in data during the content production process, you're going to be more successful and you're not going to have to redo your work down the road. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Volker Smid, the CEO of Acrolinks. We'd love to continue the conversation with you. So if you're interested in contacting Volker, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is smidvolker. S-M-I-D-V-O-L-K-E-R. Or you could visit his company's website, which is acrolinks.com. A-C-R-O-L-I-N-X.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions, your SEO questions. You can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you could always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. 